0: Welcome back to another chilling episode of Mostly Ghostly. Myself, Machu, and we have an A with us from very far away. Well, I can't say far away because depending on where the audience is, you be <laughs> closer than usual. But uh, Ray and myself are far away from each other, you know what I mean? Uh, even more so than usual, I guess I can use the same thing I just used two seconds ago. Um, Ray is off, you know, gallivanting over in Ohio again, doing his thing, you know. Uh, and I'm over here in Massachusetts. So, uh, Ray, how you doing over there?
1: Uh, not too bad, taking a little vacation.
0: Yeah, that's what I like to hear. That's good stuff, you deserve it. You know what I mean? Um, good old Ohio. You fly or drive? Drive. How long of a drive is that?
1: Uh, went straight through about eleven hours.
0: All right, cool. Did you straight through it, or did you stop?
1: Uh, no, no overnight or anything. No lunch. Just kind of packed some snacks. Got in the car and went.
0: That's the best way to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, leave late. Leave late. Get sleep though. I wouldn't suggest anybody leaving tired, but if you if you're a night owl or you can sleep the night before leaving, I, a trip like that, you bang out around midnight and you get there, you know, you hook it up. You get there, you go to sleep, wake up, do your thing. Wait, well, you know, it's one of those things. One of those things. Uh, uh,
1: this was leaving around ten, getting here around nine.
0: I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's nay what I said. Take that completely out of. It. I'll take that completely out of the show. That that's 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 not 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 worthy for my talk. Me me messing up like that. The um yeah. So without any further ado, we're gonna pop up into this big themed episode for everybody out there. Um, we're returning the show mostly ghostly. The entity of mostly ghostly is returning to Ohio as a group as as a full entity um, spiritually in the realm. So. We want, since we were there, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, in the, in the realm, half physically, uh, we want to talk about some more things uh, that, are, that are tied up in the Ohio haunts. I know that when we did our Massachusetts haunting episodes, uh, we were told by people uh, in the physical form, as well as the, their num- the number of views of people that hit them, that that was definitely some stuff people enjoyed. Uh, we want to shout out to uh, James Lamond from the 508 uh, Productions out there. Give him a shout. Talking to him right before the show. And he was telling me how much he loves to enjoy some Mostly Ghostly. And uh, we love for people to enjoy the Mostly Ghostly. But uh, so, yeah, this time around, you know, knowing that people like those, you know, the stories that, more uh, calculate their, their neck of the woods or whatever. We're hoping the Ohioans will enjoy another episode from Ohio. So this time, we're not really dump it, uh, diving into the prison. Uh, we probably will touch base, I'm sure, because it was a very, well, I know we will, because it's a hot spot. But um, we're going to talk about, you know, run through some other places in Ohio that are uh, known to be incredibly haunted. You know what I mean? So, uh, Ray, you want to say anything else before kicking off into these things? You want any, any any more introduction to Ohio and the haunts?
1: Well, if it were possible, there's a lot of places still closed down or have limits. If it were possible, I'd be visiting some places this trip.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we, we're going to travel out there, mostly ghostly. Uh, and the physical is two people in the physical. We'll be making our way out that way um, in the future. Uh, it's, we've been talking to people all over the map and, um, everywhere in the map has hauntings, you know, and investigating teams and we're making friends with all these people. Um, so one thing we do want to do in the future is we want to take the show on the road a little bit, uh, go to these places and, uh, you know, prop in there for the weekend, do some recording and, uh, do some investigating with the fine folks and, uh, bringing it back for a show, you know, so, and, You know, with that being said, if anybody else out there is interested in something like that, hit us up in the mostly ghostly messenger uh, where we uh, acquired those other fine folks that brought these ideas to us. So, yeah, Ohio. So first on up for the Ohio is the old Moonville Tunnel in MacArthur. Uh, Were you familiar with that one at all, Ray?
1: I read up on it a little bit.
0: Yeah, Uh, the abandoned stretch of railway leading to an old coal mining town attracts paranormal enthusiasts hoping for a glimpse. Uh, The unfortunate souls killed by trains over the years uh, are kept there. You might also see a train, uh, see train lights or find images of Frank Lawhead on your camera. Those hoping uh, for uh, for these ghostly encounters can trek nearby trails, some of which are along portions of the old rail line. According to a legend, in 1880, Frank Lawhead was in his train when another ma- another train coming caused a head-on collision. That'll do it. But do you think more people than uh, good old Frank Lawhead would be roaming those grounds?
1: Well, if you're talking about uh, train doing cargo and not people, there probably you might have uh, the engineer and a few others, but not too many. Is it also true that that one man might have been the driver and because of the guilt
0: of killing those extra people is why he's still there?
1: I, I would think so. I mean, his emotional state when he sees it happening, realizing he's responsible, he's in distress just ahead of time because he sees it coming. Yeah. That, that, whole, that whole emotional thing could have trapped him.
0: Do you think there's something with death like if you, if, if, if you don't see it coming at all? There, there's a difference in that, or that little moment where you have that turn, and you have, you know, like us, like a couple seconds before it's over. You think that there, that there'd be a difference within that, or you think that both those people could get locked into the (laughs) same thing?
1: I think both those, those that never see it coming, might get trapped there because they don't realize they're dead.
0: Yeah, we often hear that the not realizing they're dead thing. so that's what I I wonder how, how like even if you realize like really late in the game that it's going on, you know? Because I, I assume even, even if you don't see it coming, you you know, something's changing. You know what I mean in in that process. Even if it's right behind your head, bang, black, never again, no feeling. You don't even feel it. Uh, your your body and. Whatever it is, uh, has got to understand something just went down. But they do say that that is why a good percentages of people are left behind like that is because they don't understand that they're even dead, which is what well, you know, unfortunate. Um, we also have Licking County Jail in Newark. Now, I know there's a couple. This is a jail. Yours was a full blown prison, right?
1: Uh. I went to the reformatory at one time. Well, it, I think it's on that list, but it, it had been almost everything at one time.
0: Okay. All right, well, the, the, yeah, I thought so, because I know we get, there's, there's quite a few jails and, all the, and, and, and hospitals and all different types of things mentioned in the show, in this article. Uh, the Licking County Jail in Newark, though. This historic spot offers ghost hunts and historic tours of the building. During your visit, uh, see if you can hear any disembodied voices calling out like, you know, Ray heard at his place. It might be one of three sheriffs or 19 inmates who met untimely demises at the jail. Um, of course, you know, pr- jails and prisons and stuff. all, oh, of course, they, they hold negative energy for all just the, the bad energy within it, you, you know, that's what, those are the people that did the crimes. Then you have the people that didn't do the crimes, the, the bad energy of that, um, you know, not to mention all the bad energy created when you put those people together, you know, and then not the, the, the bad energy you add when you have a small group of, these, of, of, of people telling these other people when they need to go into their, their, their rooms and tell them what to do and beat them up when they get bad and stuff, that energy. And then you also have, you know, the death energy and the energy, you know, of these people that when it says these sheriffs, you know what I mean? Um, Those inmates were probably killed either by, you know, natural causes, some inmates by the others. And, you know, you know, I'm sure there's a percentage of guards and such that uh, killed them, you know what I mean? Um, but when it comes to the sheriff's dying, you know, there's really only a few ways sheriffs would die in a prison, and it's usually not natural causes, you know what I mean? Uh, they were probably caught in the room with the wrong person, or maybe there was some type of jailbreak, or what, what do they call that when they kind of take over the prison?
1: Well, they, quite often the prisoners will take the guards or the sheriff, whatever, they'll take them hostages. Yeah, like natural born killers. And, uh <clears throat> what, hap- what happens there is they, they, get, they get trapped in there. You also get, the, like you were talking, there's the negative energy. And also, depending upon how old the prison is, yeah. you get a lot of abuse that went on, right. uh, beatdowns, all sorts of crazy things going on. So that energy just kind of builds and builds. The large number of people in there becomes overwhelming. And someone getting trapped there, uh that's that's the easiest thing in the world to happen to somebody
0: the amount the amount of anger and sadness within these places i'm surprised there's not like more pictures of like weird energy and auras and like stuff like this because when you really think of the hub you want to think of a hub of bad energy it's got to be these like it's got to be prisons and jails you know what i mean?
1: I'm curious, uh, over time, as uh, science improves, cameras improve, mm. different technology comes in, they'll start catching more and more.
0: Not if it's in their Jeffrey Epstein's uh, cell. But if if they can get it anywhere else, then I think they'll probably be able to be all right. You know, the, the, I don't know why the technology isn't quite there yet. Supposedly, there's cameras in every, every inch of a prison, you know what I mean? It's weird. And it's there. But then again, it's more of the... I don't it's more of like they don't want to talk about it, you know it's almost weird that if you were to, if they you were to if you were to admit to it, then maybe there could be claims of moving the people away from it eventually but you know in the way the culture is kind of right now and society is right now, I can see a group rising up and saying that you can't let these inmates be around these ghosts it's not right to these people. You could also have people say it's not right to these ghosts, you know what i mean
1: well I, I can see also with the technology it's like now even if you go back uh, 10 years, but now they're using these rather sophisticated full-spectrum cameras. Mm-hmm. And they're picking up a lot more with it. Right. So, you know, as though that goes on, and people start exploring these places more and more, mm-hmm. I think a lot more will be revealed. Yeah, I mean,
0: you... Um... Yeah, you threw, if you threw one of the... Yeah, I mean... I wonder if they, I know that every now and then ghost hunters and such like that will go into the, uh, into prisons and stuff, but it's like, yeah, you don't ever really see them just say, let us run a camera in a regular modern day working prison. They probably think they just don't, they're, they don't want anybody cameras in there at all to see what's going on, you know, on both sides of the, both teams doing bad things, you know, but very interesting. Ooh, this one might, uh, this one might interest you. The Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield yeah, um, one of Ohio's most haunted treasures, and it's a treasure because Ray Booin once visited it. It's tucked away in Mansfield. Um, it once served as a state prison where it housed more than 150,000 inmates. It's a lot throughout its time. Uh, the prison is famous for being the backdrop setting for the movie "The Shawshank Redemption." It's a fun fact, that's classic. You should have got. A, you should have got. A, you should have dressed up and got a picture outside. That would have been great as one of the characters. Um, you can take a self guided tour of the prison and learn about its history, which I believe you did, right, Ray? Uh,
1: yes, I did that, and then they cut you loose, and you can go uh, wander the place and uh, do some exploring.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's definitely sounding a good spot. And when Mostly Ghostly makes their way out there, we're going to stop on in um, and do a big. You know what I mean? And uh, if anybody else, else wants to do it, they're, they're open to it. So it's one of those places you don't got to go sneaking around with a flashlight and a crowbar. Uh, you can just pay your fee and walk on in and do the deed, you know. Uh, next up, South Bass Island, uh, the lighthouse. It's in Put-In Bay. Uh, favorite Ohio vacation spot has its fair share of airiness. Um, it, so, you know, resp- reports of this place, uh, creepy footsteps, which, you know, what, what's, what's, what's happy footsteps sound like if, if they're trying, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we got creepy footsteps. We have slamming doors and unexplained noises coming from the lighthouse. They may have come from a centuries-old mystery. Uh, during the smallpox epidemic, the story of Samuel Anderson's death was ruled a suicide after falling or jumping or maybe even being pushed off of a cliff by the, near the lighthouse while the lighthouse was currently closed. Um, you can currently, you can walk the grounds now, but yeah, it's been closed for a while, so you can't get up in there. Um, the fact that he fell, you know, he fell off of the cliff nearby, I know that we often talk about how people can come get pulled back towards things. So I almost wonder if that's it. What's your take on that? Probably a pull-in thing or otherwise wouldn't he haunt the cliff?
1: Uh, I think you could pull back to the general area. I think that also if he fell off the cliff, are we talking about him hitting the water, maybe surviving for a while and drifting? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good question. It's, it's good. Some of those details might help clear it up a bit. Also, if that was an area where he spent a lot of time exploring around, he may be attached to the general area, not just that cliff spot.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's – I almost feel like there'd be a story that, you you know, every now and then you'll see Samuel sitting up on that um, cliff, the cliff top, just looking down at you, contemplating, looking like he's thinking about something. He's putting serious thought into something, you know. But it could be the energy, and if that lighthouse had bad energy, you do believe that it would suck him in, even if he was clo- close enough to it, but maybe never – if, if somebody is close enough to somebody when they – so, like let's say this was a big big ball of bad energy, somebody died close to it, maybe never stepped foot in that building. Do you think that they would still get sucked into that energy?
1: I think they could also with the lighthouses, uh, depending upon what time frame when it was built. Uh, whenever there's storms, there's bad weather. The purpose of the lighthouse is to warn the ships off of rock, uh, rocks or shallow areas. It's likely that you had ships go down near it. Yeah. So um, you've got some other tragedy in the area, and that energy to hold you there.
0: It's true. It's got a good look to it. I like the look. That press that um, that Licking County Jail. Newark had a great look to it as well. I must say, you know. Uh, next up, The Ridges at Ohio University in Athens. On the hill overlooking Ohio University sits The Ridges. Several of the buildings are under renovation or have been finished, like the Kennedy Museum of Art, that's haunted by JFK, don't you know? But the site was, I'm just joking, but the site was originally. The Athens Asylum for the Insane. Uh, you'll get an eerie feeling just walking around. For more spooky encounters, uh, you want to check out several nature trails in the area, like the one that leads you to the Ridges Cemetery. You know, so the Ridges itself has its own cemetery, which that is a creepy thing to it too. You know, used to be an asylum. Um, and that cemetery probably holds souls, the people that were, uh, tortured souls, maybe even tortured in the physical form while at that, 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 uh, asylum. What do you think?
1: I can agree with that. I mean, you're talking about asylums back in the day, you had lobotomies, you had shock treatment. I mean, the treatment of people, they were just kind of thrown in there. Uh, some of them abandoned by their families. I know that, uh, I was watching a documentary recently, and I think it was one down south, <clears throat> and it was common in a lot of states. If you go back in time, um, you could have anybody thrown in an asylum for just about any reason. Right. I mean it, that that could be that uh, the family says, "Oh, they're uh, they act strangely." I remember one of the things I came across was uh, the people were too religious. Mm-hmm. So depending upon which religious group was in in charge they could have they could have competing groups thrown in people from there uh it's it's just any any excuse at all that they could come up with there was a reason if you had a little bit of money or you had some power or you just didn't like somebody you could make up an excuse and one time asylums were just a dumping ground for people yeah now you mix in the people that had legitimate problems you mix them in there and you've got a lot of tortured souls, so to speak, all locked away. And uh, the abuse in them was legendary. Uh, in the past, the uh, stuff that used to go on in there kind of chilled you to the bone.
0: Yeah. And to go back to what you were saying about them putting people going in for any reason, you also have to remember this is a business at the end of the day, at the end of the day. And any biz- nobody's a turned-down business. So if you're, if you're offering to put something in and pay, then they're going to take it. Always remember that. When there's a business, be careful. Be careful. They're trying to do business. Next up, Molly Stark Park in Louisville. Um, on this 35-acre park sits the former Molly Stark Sanitarium which opened in 1929 to uh, treat tuberculosis sufferers, uh, and the tales of the grounds being haunted by former patients still continue today. From time to time, Stark County Park District will host tours, but you can also hike the trails and enjoy a picnic there. Or check out one of its gardens, like the Celebration Garden, which they have a picture of here, which is very nice looking, you know, nice gazebo effect, very beautiful. Um, yeah, you know, what do you think, what do you think about these sanatoriums where these, uh, these are for the, the, in in the asylums for the insane, the hauntings of that. I know we talked about briefly, you know, how terrible things can happen to these people there and that's why, and you have people that, you know, aren't even really, you know, mentally insane or whatever, just being locked up with these other people that are insane because whoever doesn't want to deal with them or whatever, um, and that, you know, that will ultimately make a sane man insane, you know, a proof and point. Look at society. You know? <laughs> I mean, you put enough crazy people around sane people, everybody turns insane. It's unfortunate that it doesn't work the other way where a bunch of sane people around an insane person would make that insane person sane. But that insane person would, in fact, corrupt that sane person and, and intentionally and eventually make him insane. All right. What are you going to say about
1: that, Rick? I was going to say who's really the sane ones. Uh, 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 Beyond that, another thing that was common in asylums uh, is that the people were abandoned there. A lot of them were abandoned. And when they died, um, they were given makeshift graves. It's not uncommon to find uh, cemeteries next to an asylum for the people who died there. And quite often what you find is unmarked graves, maybe just numbers sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know know one cemetery that was used like that that I visited, and it is haunted. Um, It was in Rhode Island. And uh, you can go into an area, and there's all these tiny stones all packed up in an area around the size of a football field. Yeah. And they're so close, they must have put some on top of each other. Mm. But they got numbers on them. These people don't even have a name. They were, de- they were put in there, and there's number of four, five, six, seven. Mm. And so they live a tortured life in a place that um, tortured psychologically or spiritually, in a place where they were physically tortured, possibly, most likely. And then with no dignity, they're dumped in the ground, and a number slapped on there. It's a burial plot. Yeah. No name or nothing. And so that's just, and you have all of those those bodies next to the place that generated the energy, the negative energy, and those spirits are trapped. They're not even recognized as being human or given any dignity. They were just kind of some of them are. Some of the asylums are famous for they have these long tunnels. That when someone died, basically what they did was took them downstairs, rolled them down a long tunnel to the back door, rolled them out in the field, and plopped them in the ground. Yeah, you know. Not even, no no funeral, no nothing. It's like, we've got to get rid of the body. Okay, right, there's room in that hole. we got room to dump one more in there. Dump them in, seal it up, put a number on. That's plot number 676.
0: You know, that also leaves a room open for uh, bad folk, maybe outside parties that would kill people off maybe a, a murder or maybe a mafia thing or something where they just said they knew they could go there and say for a little bit of money, you know, I just throw this body in with the rest of them. Nobody will, ever, nobody will ever find out. And if they ever dig up the bodies, it's one person they're looking for amongst a hundred. You know what I mean? What's your take on you think anybody's ever just buried uh, their own doings, their own bad doings there to kind of just let it blend in with all the rest of the mess?
1: I I think that's not only possible, I think it's highly likely. The other thing is that um, they didn't... If you go back a while, they didn't spend a whole lot of money on anything like embalming when these people died. Yikes, yeah. They were just dumping them in the ground, so you get bodies in there. After a while, they're not going to be able to tell which is which. It's not like they kept extensive modern dental records or anything of that sort, so it's kind of mix and match, trying to figure out who's who. There's, like I said, there's no, no dignity... Uh, going in that way.
0: Right. Are you familiar with the embalming technique at all? A little bit. Like what, yeah, like what, um, you know, what, what it actually goes into it, you know?
1: Well, uh, they, they, any parts that are likely to start going bad make the body very toxic right away, like your internal organs, stomach and intestines and stuff. They take all that out and bag it and they put it at the bottom of a coffin. Uh, they do uh, pump and bombing fluids so that the body doesn't rot too fast. They also do what is called packing. They have used in time. They use different materials. With uh, at one time they like, they used uh, cotton, and what they do is they would pack your mouth so that the cheeks don't collapse.
0: Yeah,
1: and then they peel the lips back a little bit and sew it up on the inside of the lip. Nice. And then close the lips down over it. And so it, it keeps the mouth shut. And you've got the lips giving the, you've got the packing giving the face a full look. you get got the embalming fluid in there, kind of maintaining the tissue and, and veins and everything. And then after that, they just slap some makeup on and someone goes up there and says the most ridiculous thing in the world. You got oh, they, it. Oh, they look so good. Really? They're dead. Yeah, that's quite, I just actually
0: Googled it, and I, got, I have a picture, <laughs> I got the, the walkthrough and pictures, which is, uh, they're cartoon pictures for anybody out there losing their lunch right now, um, they're just cartoon pictures, it's pretty PG, but yeah, well, I know it was like, uh, they take out the blood, they, they, they take your blood out, and then they throw, they put the embalming fluid in, and that just kind of, like, dries you out, right, then they fill you in with whatever.
1: Yeah, it it's, it slows down the uh, process of the body rotting, basically.
0: You know, which I feel to be the worst part of dying. And I know you're not even there, but it's still the worst part of dying. Ugh, I the bloating up. whatever I see those, I, I haven't seen them in a long time, and, that, and they're still vividly with me. That's how much of an impact they make. Um, but yeah, the when you when you when you go out. And, you know they don't find you for a little bit. Oh my god, dude! Pray to be found immediately. That's all I can say. Because when they don't find you, it's horrifying. It's a horrifying deal. So bad that I, I feel I'd feel so bad about that. I wouldn't even want to. After a certain amount of time, you don't ever want to be found. Just let you. Bec- I know Ray's big on the becoming the earth, but at a certain point, just just leave it. I'd say just leave it be. At a certain point, don't bother to pull it up and fall apart. Just leave it as is. You already went through the, 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 the disgusting part of it. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Um, well, even, yeah.
1: even if you bypass the embalming, the caskets they have now basically will last just about forever. Oh, yeah? And also, um, I mean, you can get stainless steel ones. You get all this, this stuff. And then when they put you, now what they do is uh, the grave at site itself in the ground has a concrete liner. So... Yeah, the, but- You're embalmed, you're put in an airtight, nearly indestructible casket, put into a concrete lined grave, that's sealed up, and then the dirt's put over you. I don't know, are they trying to preserve you or prevent you from getting out?
0: I don't know, there's way too much. I'm with you on that. After, like, when it comes to burial, like, that I'm not even, like, just you can put me in a trash bag and bury me anywhere. I'm not worried about that. You know, after you're dead, you're dead. But the grossest thing that ever happened to anybody is, like, what happens to the body after you die? Like, after those those two days after you're dead or whatever, what I, just horrifying, you know what I mean? Um,
1: if you don't. can't plant me like a tree, the next best thing in my mind would be put me in a plain wooden box that's yeah. going to decay, no embalming, plant me in the ground, no liner, and let, hap- let nature take its course, and that's it.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. Maybe we'll do an episode on the embalming process. We're gonna hop back into Ohio real quick, just because, uh, just because you know, I, there's a lot on it. It's interesting. So if I, if y'all want to hear an episode on embalming the body, excuse me for burping during a very uh, important time like that. Um, embalming the body hit us up in the uh, on the Facebook Messenger on mostly ghostly, and we will do that for you. All right, we got um, next on up, we have the Spring House gazebo at Eden Park in Cincinnati. All right. Uh, one of Cincinnati's most popular spots, Eden Park, you know what I mean? It'll <laughs> make you feel like you're in another world, they say. While strolling through the park, you can walk paths and on footbridges, you can see uh, the spot of otherworldly apparition of Imogene Remus. Emogene Remus, I dig that name, <laughs> whose ghost reportedly haunts the Spring House gazebo near Mirror Lake. Now there's really no um, backstory on why Emogene Remus uh, haunts this area. I assume uh, my assumptions may be a committed of suicide. It's uh, a park, you know what I mean? Sometimes people go to parks because it's got a beautiful look to it when they want to say sayonara. Um, you know, they want like a good, you know, nice vibe around them. Um, this one actually looks like they have some pictures, which looks pretty ghostly. It does; it has that faded look, which I always appreciate as a spectator of these things. But um, I wish I went a little more de- into detail on what exactly they think. Uh, caused caused the caused Mr. Emogene Remus to be there forever, or at least his presence to be there for ever.
1: Yeah, I agree. It'd be good to find out why. Was it a place she uh, went, you know, like since childhood to be alone? Was she trying to escape something bad or was it a peaceful place she loved? Why would she keep you... Was she killed there? Yeah. I mean, it would be rather interesting to find out what the backstory is and why she's in that spot in that park
0: and you know in a situation like this and repetitive hauntings you think that they what do you think of um them not actually being there where they actually did die and got to go wherever but the the, the situation if you will is mirrored or the situation is constantly on repeat but them themselves in their
1: mind and their spirit is somewhere else what do you think of that um, I think, yeah, a residual haunting. It may not be a residence, but the, a residual from that person is in that place. That could apply to the park as well. Um, it's the energy imprint left behind and uh, kind of caught in a loop. And we just, we see the manifestation of that energy in that place. A lot of hauntings, um, residual as opposed to intelligent. Uh, when you go back, well, going back to, when I went to the reformatory, yeah. um, I would say, okay, definitely was intelligent. I was doing, uh, I went into a, and this, this again goes to the better equipment. I had a digital recorder with me and I went into a cell mm-hmm. and I said, you know, okay, I'm in, I'm in your cell now. Um, how do you feel? And then I said, okay, uh, do you want me to leave? Then I said, I'm, I'm going to leave. Something along those lines in progression. I remember when we listened to it in the background after the first statement, you can hear a voice say, this is our place. And then uh, when I'm asking about leaving and stuff, you hear a voice say, get out. And this wasn't, it was not a ghost box where, or spirit box where it uh, uses the radio frequencies, etc. And it's jumble noise. This was just a recorder, my alone in the cell. And it picked it up. Now, that's an intelligent haunting. It was responding to what I was saying. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's one thing. But I'd say a lot of hauntings that people see, they are not intelligent. They are residual. They're an energy imprint that's there. And it's just what the people used to do. If it's that park with this lady, it's where she used to walk.
0: Yeah
1: and that energy is still there. Maybe that energy was manifested when she was there because she loved it so much and went there so often that it retained some of that energy. I'd be curious to look and see uh, what's underneath the surface. Is Mm. it quartz? Is it limestone? Um, Also, water retains uh, energies. What's in that area that could have retained her energy if she's seen walking in the same place all the time and make it a residual haunting? Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're just like pictures in a book, Danny. That's what it's like. So they're more like pictures than actually that you see. You can't really interact with them.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a, a video loop that they, they don't react no matter what you do. It just happens. You may catch it uh, visually, uh, or if there's a sound attached, the sound. But there's no interaction whatsoever.
0: But if you were to, if you were to talk to it. Um, And wait for a response. You you pick up some type of that, that that you pick up an energy. Now, we also, we always talk about if you're looking, you're looking to find something, open a door, and, um, you know, you could let the wrong thing in. Do you think that, you you know, if you see somebody sees something walk across their, their living room, and even though it's just kind of a a picture in a book, if you will, then they go, hey, 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 what do you, what do you, hey, what's going on? Do you think something in the void would almost, in the abyss, would almost, Hear, hear! That attention, or that that seeking for for a response, and come forward that quick.
1: I don't think so. I think that residual haunting basically is a low level imprint. Yeah, and uh, it's not not really that much of what I would call an active or interactive type of energy that something could manipulate. It, it's yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's just an imprint, like a, a footprint in the mud. Uh, best if it happens, something else comes down and steps on it, and you lose it
0: true yeah no i'm with you on that just gonna be uh, delicate gonna be delicate with these things um next up malabar farm state park and lucas uh home to the late pulitzer prize winning author louis bromfield Malab- malabar farm and its big house Uh, is said to be haunted, with visitors experiencing unexplained noises, uh, unexplained smells, ghostly, mostly ghostly apparitions, and they get the feeling of cats brushing up against their legs, which I hate that feeling so much. Um, Nothing worse than that feeling. I'm sure there's probably things worse than that feeling. Um, Shake of the Scaries, um, you know, by trying, you they have hiking trails, um, that you can also hike there that get their own vibes to them and, you know, picnic spots as usual. Um, Yeah. So it's what, you know, all these places that have that folklore around it, they're always offer up a nice picnic table for you to eat lunch at and a nice trail for you to walk it off when you're done. You know, it's very common. What's your take?
1: Uh, You're also, when you're dealing with a a park, a lot of activity and what some people don't think of or prefer not to think of is what goes on in parks at night. We don't know the history of the park. Yeah. It can be any anything from kids sneaking in and partying. It can be groups, satanic or otherwise, going in there doing ceremonies in the dark by the full moon or new moon, actually. Um, you go into some parks, let's say, uh, somewhere in the, in the Bridgewater Triangle. Certain areas of that have a nasty history. They they may be called a park. Yeah. People may go and visit or go down a hiking trail. But some of them have had murders and a variety of other things happen there. So without knowing know a better, better backstory, story. The neighborhood, the type of park, and where it's history, what may have occurred there. I can't say for sure, but the potential in a public place like that for either residual or even an active haunting because of what has occurred there is very high. Yeah. Now, do you think
0: if people were doing a satanic ritual there, they would be drawn to that place because of, um, you know, maybe the positivity that it does hold? Because, you know, families go there and have fun, and it's got a lot of love in it and stuff like that. Do you think the fact that they're bringing darkness to a place with a lot of love is something that turns them on, or do you think it's mainly the big field and they can get the moon?
1: The field, they can get the moon, the field there. There may be a vortex there. People aren't, aren't aware of a small one that they're manipulating. Um, the positive energy, they could take that energy and then use it for their own purpose and turn it around. Yeah. Um, the, the potential in places like that is very, very high uh, for both the physically the place to be manipulated, such as a place to hide, uh, a place to go into and do, do whatever ceremony it is, and also any energies that may be there, good or bad, evil that has occurred there, or even... Uh, try and feed off of uh, some of the good energy and use it to your purpose. And most parks are just big clearings. So there were
0: at one, at one point, there was probably trees and stuff there. So it was all clean, cleared out for whatever reason, whether to be some place to gather and maybe worship the sun or whatever, or maybe it was a big grounds where, you know, there was someone who lived there that maybe uh, was a, a rule that people didn't like and, they had to do away with that person, and then when that person was done away with, they burnt their home to the ground. You know, you never really know what was on these open lands forever ago.
1: Well, the, the classic thing that uh, you come up with a lot in investigations is, and whether it was a massacre or a burial ground uh, for Native Americans. Mm, I mean, quite event. often, yeah, quite often, a lot of times. And I remember. <clears throat> Looking at a documentary uh, and where they were doing a certain area. And there had been a massacre there, but the local townspeople never spoke of it. Of course. And it was like a nice area. It was a historic site. Tourists could go through. And whenever they asked anybody about it in the town, they refused to speak about it. So it's kind of like these things happened. For one reason or, or another, with one group or another, I mean, if you go down south, there could be a nice park, and who knows, maybe at one time in the past they used they used, they had a hanging tree there. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to broadcast it. They're just going to say, "Oh, look at a beautiful park with that old oak tree!" Right? They used to broadcast it though. It used to be entertainment. They're like uh, you know. Like the whole like, town would yeah. gather around. I mean, that, to me, that was kind of weird. It was like, oh, let's get the kids together and go see the hanging. Johnny hasn't seen his first one yet. He's only five. I mean, that's that's kind of yeah. like, really,
0: oh, no, 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 no. That, that's even more so what they don't want to talk about. Not that it actually happened, but that that was Sunday's activities after church was
1: going to watch
0: whoever stole apples that week get hanged in front of everybody.
1: But the other thing too is that you, you add it you add in the fact that all of that went on, and they someplace hot ha- denies the history and hides it as a park yeah and now, now people go in there and they wonder why they see spirits right. or images and it's it's like really, reveal what it is and it may tell you why that place is haunted,
0: yeah.
1: Humanity is very, very good at least trying to hide its sins, so to speak.
0: Uh, humanity is the devil. You, are you familiar with that?
1: Humanity is the devil.
0: Uh... I was thinking about that the other day, and that, that came to my head. It's an integrity album, a good album if anybody hardcore fans out there. But you think about it, because certain people will say the devil's not real, you know. So if that was the case, I I feel like the next best thing to the devil would be humanity. Am I, am I, we, you know, and then the whole being, being followers of God and then kind of being ushered out. What's your take on that real quick. And then we'll jump
1: back into Ohio. <laughs> uh, being back in, uh, being ushered in the- out. Are uh, you're talking about being kicked out of Eden. I
0: feel like in general, like in, in the sense that people say there is no devil, what would be, if, if you were to, if you were to subscribe to that thought, what would be your opinion of somebody saying that humanity is actually the devil?
1: Um, I would disagree. Humanity is simply, in that case, ego. Yeah. Um, the, the, the sin, I mean, if you go to the oldest text possible, um, it wasn't, they always portrayed it as uh, biting an apple. It wasn't, it was a tree f- it was a fruit from the tree of knowledge. Apple is never la- na- named in the old old writings, and the tree of knowledge was that uh, the the sin wasn't that they really that they ate the apple. The sin was that they determined that what was right or wrong. That naked right. is bad. So they, the first humans, decided that they had the same authority as God to determine what is right or wrong, and mankind still does it now. So that's in that what, extent, yeah. they're, they're they're still living in the, in uh, that's why they they're still living in the situation that they're in, and they're not one with the divine.
0: I think that I think there's a I think we share I think on paper we share a lot of traits with you know the one known as the devil a little bit as as a human as humans you know what I
1: mean. You know, I think but. so. One the biggest thing we share is that the devil. If you go back to the the origin stories of Lucifer. Yeah. what was the one thing the devil did disagreed and exhibited free will to go against God right. what is the one thing that Adam and Eve did? free will disagreed, ate the fruit and then determined for themselves right and wrong so we yeah we share a common trait right with the devil
0: it's true I mean We're, we have a little bit of both I feel I've said before <laughs> within us within our structure it's very interesting that's a whole different episode. Um, but let's, let's cruise our spaceship back to Ohio, USA. Um, Franklin Castle in Cleveland, uh, perhaps one of Ohio's most notorious buildings, Franklin Castle, is a landmark for its haunted history. People report flickering lights, sounds of crying babies, and even the ghostly image of a woman in black. While the building isn't open to the public, um, because it's, right, it's uh, uh, the operation and shipping department of Norton Records, which Norton Records, um, I don't know what they, I'm guessing it is not a record company. You can walk <laughs> along the sidewalk with, uh, with a fall brew uh, from nearby Rising Star Coffee, try to catch a glimpse of its spooky occupants. We just promoted like two companies we don't care about just because they're in an article, right? I don't even know why they were there. Um, Forget about it. So, anyways, Franklin Castle in Cleveland. Of course, Castle's going to have a little. They got some history to them. So, yeah, you're going to have yourself some uh, some issues on your hands, right?
1: Well, Franklin Castle is styled like a castle. To me, it, it's more like an oversized house.
0: Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. They're very misleading. Um, they want you to pay castle prices for house for house uh, quantity.
1: Up until very recently, it was privately owned, and there had been groups that had gone in there to investigate. Uh, you go back, I don't know, it's either two or three owners, um, they, used, they opened it for a while as a boarding house where you could go in and get rooms. So it's gone through a lot of different hands before the business took it over. Yeah. And they've had some uh, groups that have gone to investigate it that were very successful, and most local people or investigators are now disappointed. A business took it over and it was closed. It's closed down.
0: Yeah, it's truth. Uh, there's also a place called Helltown. Have you heard? Have you heard anything about that? I know it's weird. It's almost like a small, clo- closed off.
1: I heard the name. I one time knew a little bit about it, but I it, it slips me at this moment.
0: The people uh, of the former town of Boston Mills, which we can uh, appreciate the Boston part, uh, were mysteriously ordered by the U.S. government to leave the town in the early 70s. Whether satanic activity, government conspiracy, or mutated citizens led to the town's sudden evacuation, the abandoned homes, buildings, uh, and streets are said to be haunted today by the spirits of those who didn't want to leave. Now... When they say whether a satanic activity, government conspiracy, or mutated citizens led the town's sudden evacuation, that would lead me to believe that mutated citizens showed up on the scene, government people did, and satanic activity did. What, what, you, what, do, you,
1: what do you gather from what I said? Um, supposedly the investigators or people have found some tunnels underneath parts of the town or right next to the town that look very much like old military installations so you look you have the potential there for experiments mm-hmm. or the military doing something um, to the point of when I say tunnels I'm not talking about something someone dug out with their hands like escaping a prison this is you know like concrete four walls floors big metal doors. So that that sort of thing and uh, experiments that supposedly went on in there, possibly uh, chemical or biological. Uh, it's one of the theories that uh, the tunnels have been were located, but the theory is that uh, that led to something that contaminated the town. Now, some people doing the investigating or the exploring, at least for a while. I don't know if they still do if they got caught basically uh, got arrested and carted away. It's something like the government still doesn't want you checking that out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the idea of uh, they're doing things that they went out of control, and the town paid for it by getting... Uh, people paid for it by getting thrown out of the town they lived in.
0: Well, they have muta- It was mutated, not mutilated. I, I, I misread. Mutated citizens. Now, what that reminds me of is it reminds me almost like a spill, like to go where you were talking about, biological, chemical-type government testing, maybe a spill happened that leaked out into that town. Um, Maybe some people were infected. If if, if it says that there's mutated citizens that led to this happening, then that makes me believe that this You know, People seen some mutated folks and said, what is going on here? You know what I mean? So they do play into the part. If that's the case, it does sound very much like something went, rye and, and, and a test maybe there was an explosion and something leaked out um usually i don't think the government would tell the people hey something happened you should leave they probably would have just let them die or kill them themselves so there's nobody to tell the story um you know usually when things like this happen that's the story you hear around it um and then you know they haunted by the spirits that didn't leave those are either people that I guess would have stayed and the chemicals would have eventually got to them or their spirits because they chose not to leave. You know, Maybe the wicked plan was to poison people and send them into the, into the good old U.S. To, to spread that virus or whatever and they didn't want to do it and uh, they were terminated over. You never know. Who, who's to say what the actual truth could be? But uh, I don't know where satanic activity plays into this unless it was some dark... You know, the government trying to make you know, trying to reach, reach out and touch something from the other side, not really caring what it is, then I do understand. I would, I I could get that vibe. I do feel like there was, if not now, at one point, there was a little agency that worked for the behind the scenes of the government that they're, their focus was dark guard stuff, almost Merlin magic type stuff to try and figure out different, maybe weaponry or maybe mind control type stuff. And I do think that there was a sector of the government at one point, if not still that w- focuses and tests these weird experiments and it d- do try to make contact with other dimensional things and do try to, you know, mutate and see how they can make you know better things out of what we have uh, and that could be people that could be machinery that could be you know computers that could be anything you want to put in your head but I do that's I the only way I could really tie the satanic activity to something like that is just the fact that dabbling in those dark arts what do you think about that
1: I think the satan well two things for the satanic whenever there's anything where it goes wrong and it's haunted there's a certain segment of society that always says, "Oh, it's it's satanic, it's evil, it's," and they just throw that at anything. Yeah, um, that could also be, yeah, that they just do that. The other is that if you've got an abandoned town supposedly haunted, mm-hmm. then you're going to have groups, whether satanic or not, that are going to go in there and try things, whether it be rituals, whether it be seances, they're going to try and sneak in. And try and do things in that abandoned town, that place that has the ghost, that has a reputation, looking to uh, capitalize on it.
0: Yeah. It's true. Definitely true. Um, Next up um, we have Beaver Creek State Park. All righty. You know, parts of Ohio's canal built in the early 1800s can be found throughout this park. And two canal locks, which is like the part, the little, they close the doors so that it cuts off the water. Uh, Two of those in particular are said to be haunted by ghosts of canal workers who died on the job. Um, Now, the the picture they show of this lock, it doesn't quite look... It's maybe, it looks like it's maybe, you know, maybe 10 feet high. Um, I don't I guess if it was to fill with wa- that was to fill with water, like a rush of water, then, yeah, I could see somebody getting killed. But this the operation of it doesn't, I'm not going to speculate and say nobody was killed because I'm sure people died. So I'll stop talking. And Ray, what do you have to say about this one?
1: Well, I've seen, actually, I've gone through New York and seen some of the systems, uh, Oh, some years ago, went on a, on, a, on a vacation and went into New York and saw part of the older part of the Erie Canal. Yeah. And the older part, to me, looked very unimpressive. It just looked like, like a river. Yeah. And they had a, they had a very old lock system there. But then I'm thinking back, what they had for ships at that time were a lot smaller. Smaller barges. If let, let's say you go back to the 1800s, even early 1900s. Smaller barges carrying stuff down rivers, and yep. they they didn't need as much draft. They didn't need as much uh, depth. They weren't they weren't as wide as compo- as opposed to uh, barges you see pulling up to uh, major ports now with things stacked four or five stories high on them with, with shipping containers. They were much smaller things, and the same. When I was took a quick look at it, that didn't look very safe to operate. And you, could, yeah. you, you, could, you didn't have your OSHA and your other safety stuff there. Well, slam that open, slam that shut. This goes on, that goes on. Where's Charlie? Oh, he's taking lunch. Where is he? Oops, he was at the bottom of the lock. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, you're right. Yeah. Someone, someone fell in. Who knows if they could even stop the process at that time. Or yeah, um,
0: yeah, you're right. I mean, like I said, it was ten feet. If you got locked in there and you didn't know how to swim, and that thing filled up, even if it was gradually and slow, which sucks, which is terrible. If you can't swim, like that slow death of going, help me, and nobody ever they they're uh, they're not caring. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very. They listen to the new MC Hammer joint. Um, it's Very unfortunate, <laughs> but no, that sucks, dude. That, the, the slow death, you know. There was a. Um, I won't get into it. All right. Next up, we have the Mudhouse Mansion. Um, isolated in Fairfield County stands this abandoned mansion where it is rumored that ghosts of families who once lived here haunt the grounds and house. One story claims that a Civil War slave who murdered his master and his master's family wanders the grounds at night. This place has a great look to it. I w- I love the look of this house. It's very nice. Um, yeah, Of course the, the the family the family would be um, still there if they were murdered there. Of course, you know. Now, why why do you think the the gentleman who did it would still walk the grounds at night? You think it would because of the hatred he had for that family that he almost in the afterlife stays to walk the grounds to make sure they don't leave that house like in a weird way or what do you think?
1: Uh, he could be trapped there because of the crime of the de- the dirty deed he did.
0: I don't really consider that a dirty deed though. I mean, it's one of those things. I, I don't, it's, it's, it's a very delicate thing, I guess, cause it is murder. But I mean, there's a weird, there's a weird line there. You know what I mean?
1: He could have also, when they caught him, they could have, uh, going back maybe hung him on the property
0: yeah that 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 did pop in my head after the fact and i think you're dead on correct that's probably what happened or maybe he, he died within within the murder not the cutting off.
1: yeah so there's there's definite possibilities why he would be walking there his attachment to it possibly was was he himself killed or executed there um and even though uh he may have had a reason. It may, They may have been very cruel, and he was a slave. It also was t- taking of multiple lives. Yeah. You can weave all that together, and there's a distinct possibility that that energy, and he, that energy of that place mm. kept him trapped. His deeds, the energy of the place, the people, the murders, possibly his being executed there, all just got him bound up, and he's just stuck wandering there.
0: Yeah. Um, what, what, about if, if during the murder, maybe he, uh, he was wounded with maybe the father or something or one of the dogs. I, mean, yeah, I mean, if you're killing off a whole family, it ain't going to be quiet. It's very possible. You'd probably have to go for the father first, mother, then the kids. So it's quite possible while he was killing a mother, a father that he got stabbed or something, you know what I mean? Um, and maybe he was walking away wounded and died during that walk and, the last walk he took from that house is kind of what he relives. That could be possible, too.
1: Well, he was, yeah, I think that's a possibility. He was, by killing them, he was trying to escape them in that place. But it looks like he never escaped. He's still trying.
0: That's sad. Yeah, that makes sense. That's sad. Crazy time, you know. We uh, Next up, we have Walhalla Road. Okay. Within a u- unique geographical niche in North Columbus winds, uh, winds Walhalla Road where it is said that passerbys are haunted by a man who killed his wife before committing suicide beneath the road's bridge. Um, yeah. I mean, it's got the perfect backstory for what would be haunted. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, sounds perfect. Murder and then then suicide. One person Trap soul, yeah, that sounds that sounds perfect.
0: I mean, it also it looks like a very winding road too. So and, uh, it's very possible somebody was walking and got hit. You know that stuff happens all the time, all the time, especially at night. This looks like it doesn't have it doesn't even have lights like street lights. It's like you know what I mean. You got some kids drinking or something walking down the road, and some other kids drinking cruising in their car fast. Pop pop. Probably happens more often than uh, people would like to admit, you know. But definitely that story, I mean, this, that story is what, you know, ghost stories are made of. Love lost or anger, the anger hitting that moment, you know, love and anger and hate all wrapped up into one. Um, and then the death, you know, and you got a dude killing his wife and then himself doesn't get any more. Uh, the energy doesn't get much more higher than that. You know what I mean?
1: They got love possible jealousy, rage, murder, guilt, suicide uh, yeah that that's that's a ghost story wrapped up in a boat with a bow <laughs> uh,
0: next up this one's cool for us the majestic theater uh, we should go play a movie there uh, if you if you happen yeah if you come across that get a card get a business card. America's oldest continuously operating theater built in 1853. A bound to have a haunting or two. Not even uh, they're not even accounted for here. They're just bound to. Uh, can be found in uh, Chillicothe. Chillicothe. Um, what was once uh, the Masonic Opera House is now a normal, fully functioning theater, with the exception of a ghostly little girl, mysterious fogs, and a voice asking for someone named Andrew. Um. The Masonic, the fact that it was Masonic, you think that has any ties to anything?
1: Uh, they may have sponsored the theater. That, that's, uh, it was a Masonic theater that they may have been the major sponsors in the day, had it built, and uh, initially was named after them. You don't think that they actually maybe held some secret,
0: you know, some secret... Showings at that at that uh, closed closed down theaters. I know they do get into theatrics a lot sometimes with when they're doing rituals, right? Uh, they
1: they get into theatrics also. If you talk about eighteen hundreds, you're probably talking theater as and stage plays. Oh yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't I don't know what it, what it is now. And they uh, to me, if you were wanting wanting to remain quiet and do something secret. You wouldn't do it in this big theater you just built for the town. You'd have everybody at the theater while you're at the other end of the town doing their secret rituals and ceremonies. Yeah. It, it, it's a distraction, just like on another topic. I think right now Area 51 is a distraction. I'm looking for Area number 52. <laughs> Where the real things do yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it's tied into any secret Masonic rituals or anything. I know the theaters themselves; they pack with people. Uh, plays and movies are emotional, yep. Uh, um, p- particularly theaters with uh, that have a lot of plays, there are a lot of accidents that go on. Yeah, and some people get hurt, people die. So potentially, it being haunted, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all.
0: Any any idea what a ghostly little girl or mysterious fogs or the, the the voice asking for Andrew would be?
1: I don't know. The creepy part about that is you, you said a voice asking for, and my head popped Andy, and you said Andrew. Uh, so yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you felt something.
1: So there was there, there was something there. The little girl, I'm thinking of a child, is someone someone who probably worked there, spent a long time in there. Whether they died there or not, I don't know, but. Uh, if you're talking about someone working in the theater that didn't have a lot of money, then they bring their child to work with them. They either stay in the dressing rooms or backstage, whatever, while while they're working. So that child could have grown up there, and that yeah. ch- childhood residual energy is still in that place. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. Could have been her favorite thing. Could have been her favorite, play- favorite place to go, too, and then maybe she passed outside somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Got sick or something. Got some tuberculosis, uh, which was floating around. Going into our next one, the Lima Tuberculosis Hospital. I don't think we talked about Lima in the previous one. Hidden behind a small neighborhood on Lima's far west side sits the abandoned TB ward where the ghosts of patients wander the halls and hospital, uh, hospital grounds. I can tell you right now, teenagers definitely party in this building. Uh, there's no doubt about that in my mind it just has that party that party look to it you know what I mean it's got graffiti I see graffiti in there yeah oh yeah you want to comment on uh, that one at all
1: uh tuberculosis hospital before treatments a place of suffering a lot of people suffering
0: yeah
1: a lot of pain a lot of suffering and death Fearful. when fear when people went in there they didn't come out
0: yeah and i mean if you're if as you progress you know nobody wants to die uh for the most part and um you know tuberculosis i believe is like a uh, a lung thing a fluid in your lungs or something so suffocating so if you get it and you're seeing you're seeing your your the dude in the bed the dudette in the bed next to you choking her last breath away like you're going to be very afraid for, for you for the next three weeks or whatever that you're alive. You're going to be like, you the fear you're going to be com- coming off of you and just seeing, a, and the worry and sadness, a lot of bad energy. Yeah.
1: A lot of negative energy there. Also, tuberculosis, uh, currently, the whole monitoring and treatment of it is a lot better than it used to be. At one time, basically being sent someplace like that, that was a death sentence. Yeah, I know. I, I worked in healthcare for a while, and uh, I used to get to a regular TB test to to make sure that I didn't have it to continue working for like another year. So, it, 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 but at one time, it was kind of like you you got tuberculosis, you got sent there. Uh, people kind of okay, let's get a plot. we know, they ain't coming out.
0: Horrifying! Horrifying! Next to it, another castle, Squire's Castle. This one's a little bigger than a house; looks more like a castle. Um, it's in Cleveland, Metro Park. Uh, there's a there's a shadowy figure with a red lantern that they could see um, by this at night. You know what I mean? Which makes sense. You know, I think you know anybody. You know, people live around forever, so when they die. You know, in the lantern thing. Maybe it's not a lantern. Maybe it could be a head. Ooh, could be Jack Lantern. Nobody knows. Um, tr- tricky stuff, for sure. You know, but, yeah, I don't know. That kind of seems like one of those old regular ones. Um, we've got Fudge Road Bridge. Greatest, Ohio. Uh, Fudge, Fudge Road is a narrow gravel track that winds its way through most rural part of Preble County. At one point a steel bridge carries the road across Ackerman Creek. It is said that a young mother threw her unwanted th- oh shit threw her unwanted newborn off the bridge. Or in some version of the tale, the baby was stillborn and the mother hung herself from the bridge. That almost makes more sense. The idea of a mother throwing her baby off a bridge uh, is horrifying a lot dead let alone alive is like I, it takes a unspecial type of person, very unspecial type of person, to do something like that. Um, in that situation, right? do You get any feelings from that? Like what you think might be the right story?
1: Um, I don't know. I think uh, possibly killing herself, uh, taking of one's own life, is a uh, is is very traumatic. Killing a child, despite how repulsive that thought is there are people that do that right well that
0: see my take on that one is i don't think she even did the my vibe that i catch is that it wasn't Yeah, it was terrible but wasn't even it wasn't a murderous thing i touch it more like the father was a piece of shit and like she was so hateful towards the father and so hateful towards the situation of what's going on uh, that she, that's why she did it. Like, typically I don't think she's someone that's going around murdering people. You know what I mean? I think it was just like a, it fell on her lap as a gigantic inconvenience. And uh, which is definitely no reason to do something like that. You, you don't want your baby given to an orphanage or something. There's plenty of people out there that would love to have a baby that can't have kids. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's more of a matter of that. I think it was like, maybe even she got a little possessed, but she had so much hate in her heart. She got possessed by something. She let something in that would let her do something that evil. Maybe she did something. Maybe she did it and then hung herself after. You know, maybe it wasn't uh, wasn't the baby wasn't still in her when she hung herself. You know, you never you never can tell. But no matter what story you want to go with, um, motorists uh, they say crossing over the bridge you can you can hear an infant crying, um, and if they if they if they park at the bridge and they say mama. Three times you can hear an infant crying. Um, You can hear me crying if you see, you know what I mean? That's horrible. That's like going there to mock a dead baby. That's like fucking terrible. That's awful stuff. It's more of that like going to the Lizzie Borden house to sit on the couch where she killed her father. You know what I mean? It's more of that weird disrespectful stuff. What's your take on that? You think that that, that's what they're catching or you think that they're doing that three times things almost like uh, opening up a doorway for whatever to come
1: through? I think there was a tragedy um, associated with that bridge. To me, it sounds more like people hijacked that tragedy and made it into a haunting. They're using like the Bloody Mary thing, right? Three times in front of a mirror. Um, they're using that, and the fact that the story varies so much is that yeah, there was some sort of tragedy there. Now maybe she killed the baby. They didn't want to. The family or friends didn't want him. Uh, her betrayed that way, so that said the baby was stillborn, and she killed herself. Or she could she could have she could have killed a baby and then herself. But somewhere in there, there's a truth, and there was death there. Mm-hmm. The death became a legend. The legend became a haunting, and now people are piling things on, stopping a bridge, cry three times, or say uh, "mom" times, three yeah. times, and a baby speaks back to you. So now people are feeding it. Mm-hmm. And putting their energy into that, and they've created a legend uh, around the tragedy. And like in our last episode, they're actually creating something with their energy. It's so. going to respond to them, their belief in their energy.
0: It's true. There's also a tale linked to it. Uh, where they, they think that there's a mysterious beast that lurks in the woods that takes shelter under the bridge, which could be possible too. Um, it could also be very possible that there's kids, teenagers partying under this bridge, and when somebody goes, "Mama," does the mama thing, they just go, hey, "You know what I mean?" And realistically, they could do make any noise, and they're going to horrify whoever's up on top of the bridge trying to communicate. You know what I mean?
1: You can do the ABC. Uh, be they, they could have done that, and while they're trying to run away or uh, something, and they're in the bushes and something, someone sees a shape in the dark. And the bush is moving, and now there's a beast that goes along with the baby crying.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, who, who knows? I mean, to me, that that to me that one's probably the shakiest of the bunch because uh, it really sounds like that. Like I said, they took a lat uh, a tragedy and they built a story around it and a legend, and people are exploiting it for their own amusement. Yeah, it's
0: true. You know, that's the tr- the, the sad part about it. That's the dealie. Let me see here. <clears throat> the, um, also with that theater, with that, um, the Majestic Theater one, there's a couple other interesting notes about it to jump back real quick. Since the Majestic Theater was built back in 1852, it has earned itself a reputation as one of the most haunted locations that Ohio had to offer. It was originally the Masonic Opera House, as we know, during the influenza, 1918 influenza epidemic. Uh, the overflow of corpses was sta- was stored there. So that's a big part of it right there. That's a problematic situation. Um, it is said that blood and vital fluids from the bodies were pumped into the alley to the rear of the building, earning it the nickname Blood Alley. There are lots of spooky tales that have been told about different places at that theater. Uh, the most commonly cited ghost has been named Elizabeth and is said to be a young woman. And on one occasion, she was, record, uh, was recorded in the theater asking, how do I get out of here? Creepy, right? right? Um, plenty of shadow figures are amongst uh, strange myths are also in there. Um, yeah. They kept fat at photographs with orbs and all types of crazy stuff in it. It's kind of insane a little bit. Did we, did we d- dive into the Woodlawn Cemetery? I don't think so.
1: No, we, did, we didn't do the Woodlawn. That theater, once you start adding in what happened during the during the 1812 pandemic and particularly the medical practices then, I mean, here you had all this contaminated blood and fluids and stuff, and what they're simply doing is washing it down the drain in the street.
0: Horrifying, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, so there's a lot, of, lot more trauma in that theater than uh, we originally thought. So, yeah, that sounds like a place that has every right to be haunted.
0: When death becomes casual, you'll hose the
1: gore off your patio.
0: That quote by Matt Fisher. Very nice. Um, Woodlawn Cemetery. If you visit Woodlawn Cemetery in Dayton, Ohio, by the day, uh, then you'll have a good time. It looks very nice and it's very picturesque. Uh, The burial grounds are very cool. Um, But, you know, however... You don't want to go there at night. You know, many witnesses have reported a female spirit who is usually described as wearing a red shirt and jeans with a blue sweater around her waist. She is said to wander forlornly through the trees. Um, You know, people, when you have someone that just kind of wanders through a cemetery, that could be anything from a spirit or someone who passed. Um, Maybe a spirit of somebody who wants to come try and see another spirit or something. What's your take on roaming cemetery vapors and entities?
1: Uh, well, one is I'm surprised it's not the lady in white because that's the most common thing you see in a cemetery. Right, is a lady in white. This one has a lot of detail to it, so that puts it as kind of a strong presence and a lot of energy to be able to manifest. Kind of uh, whether, common, too, yeah, uh, whoever whether it's someone in the cemetery or someone who was attached to somebody in the cemetery. Maybe uh, if you take, um, let's say you lose a spouse, you're attached there your whole life, you visit the cemetery a lot, someday you're buried. Maybe let's say you're buried somewhere else. Yeah. And you spend a lot of time uh, visiting the cemetery your spouse is in. Right. Right. Because you're looking for them. You were separated at death and you still are in burial. So it, could, it is, uh, that has to be a strong presence to be able to uh, provide that much detail. Yeah. When seen, particularly since only seen at night. Right. And it's Very pretty
0: modern. Song. Yeah. It's pretty modern dress too. You know, the red shirt and blue jeans and the, all that's more, probably what, not last maybe 50, no more than 50 years that could have been.
1: Yeah, and it, what they don't say, yeah, they say that's there, but the history of the cemetery, as far as we know, that person could have been attached to someone there and when they couldn't let him go. Maybe they killed themselves in the cemetery.
0: Right, that's a good, I mean, yeah.
1: Trapping their energy there in that place where they used to go all the time.
0: I get the vibe of a girl that her boyfriend had an overdose, so she went to his his gravestone and she overdosed on drugs. That's the vibe I get from that. That's the Vibe I got at least. Um, Next up, we have another theater in our presence. We have the Civic Theater in Akron, Ohio. Um, The Civic Theater, or Lowe's Theater, uh, as it was once known, was designed by a Vietnamese or Viennese, Viennese architect named John Eberson. One of its most famous features is that the sailing can rotate and it is designed to look like the night sky. Oh, that looks, that sounds cool. Um, One of the ghosts is believed to be the spirit of a young woman who committed suicide by jumping into the canal behind the theater. She has been seen standing at the edge weeping. Another of the resident ghosts is the spirit of janitor named Fred, who was a longtime employee of the theater he is said to attack anyone who makes a mess in his bathrooms. That's funny. Uh, finally, the third spirit is a male entity that sits in the balcony. Nobody knows who he is, but he is clearly uh, distinguishable from Fred, thanks to the fact that he is always so well-dressed. So I assume he was probably a, ga- a guest at the theater who died there. <clears throat> like Abe Lincoln style, but not Abe Lincoln. Not honest Abe. Um to kick it off from the beginning you know the girl who committed suicide by jumping into the canal uh she's been seen standing on the edge weeping makes a lot of sense you know what i mean like we we talked about the that gentleman earlier who jumped off the cliff like i i imagine he would have been somebody you would see if you were at the top of that cliff looking over or looking up at it you would see him sitting on the ledge or walking back and forth i i feel um you know, next up is the janitor. You know, this isn't the first time we've heard about a janitorial gentleman staying staying late for work, a little later than he's supposed to. Um, overtime, big time, catching that big overtime. Um, and we in the past, we've talked about how we think that they just spend so much time there and that it's such their duty to take care of the place that they really take pride in making it look nice. Like, they get stuck even trying to make it look nice in the afterlife, hence... Why he gets upset when people mess up his bathrooms? Which I can. People are animals. I don't blame them.
1: When was that place built?
0: This place was built. Uh, ooh, good question. Let me see. They did not state, but uh, it looks very old. It does look very old.
1: Is if you're talking about something, let's say, out of the 1800s. Yeah. You had a you had a janitor there, and quite a few of the larger buildings. Uh, I know they, several I, several I know of types of institutions. What they would do is if you had a janitor slash custodian, uh-huh. they were often given an apartment or a room and they stayed there. They, they were security when the building was empty. They took care of it, minor repairs, and they cleaned it. And quite often it was uh, single men yeah. and they would, they would give them that place, and that was their home as well as their work. It's true. So if it's an old enough building, is it's, there is the possibility that the guy who's haunting it was not only the janitor, he was the caretaker, and he actually lived there.
0: 1919, they said. He began construction uh, in 1919 It went bankrupt. He- yeah, they went had trouble, I guess. It went bankrupt in nineteen twenty one. Yeah, it has a it has a history quite a history to it of um, kind of trouble
1: too. Uh, troubled history, possibility that uh Janita also lived there, was a part of it, lived through some of that troubled history maybe. Mm. Uh yeah. I, I I could I could see where they might be trapped there or choose to stay there. They refuse to go on, they stay in a place they love. He was the greatest
0: actor that, that the
1: owner ever seen, but he had a problem with drugs. He
0: threw his life away with drugs, but he didn't want to kick him to the curb, so we gave him a job as the janitor. And then he overdosed in the bathroom. So now he keeps it clean. Could be. Just the vibe I catch. Just the vibe I catch. I like to mention my vibes when I catch them, but that's an old one for sure. Um... The Civic Theater, very nice. Um, the Saddamsville Rectory in Cincinnati. Um, this rectory is one of the most notorious haunted locations in Ohio. It's over 100 years old and originally housed local priests from the Cincinnati area. Some, uh, somewhere along the way, it apparently became the place where bad priests were placed. There are rumors of child abuse and dog fighting connected to the property. In 2011, a couple purchased the property and began a restoration project, only discovered that the building had some otherworldly guests, including a demonic spirit who was affected, who has affected them both profoundly. Uh, the property has been exercised on occasion, but with no effect. It is now a popular spot for paranormal investigations. Yeah, I mean, that would... That would definitely, you know, sending the bad priest there would definitely summon evil because you assume you put um, enough of those bad guys together, they're all going to do bad things or at least talk and think about bad things as a group. Um, So you have that negative energy. I know they tied dogfighting into it, which that's negative energy as well. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I think the other stuff's a little worse um so there's definitely some weird vibes going in something like that you know what do you think you know when some they said that it was exercised and it didn't work do you think there's a weird level there because there was men that were supposed to be religious and spiritual and went complete devil do you think that it's harder to get god more involved in that situation because of so much of that backtracked evil if you will a backslid evil
1: Um, if you take someone that commits themselves to supposedly to a life of good and preaching the word of God that takes the opposite road in fact and commits what are abominations on children, (coughs) um, then you have, uh, to me, one of the best or ultimate, uh, vessels for evil to manifest that that is what it's doing and then you collect a bunch of them together and who yeah, knows right. what they did when they were collected together right so th- you have built up one very very strong massively strong evil presence in that place now when they say exercised, who is it done by right i mean i've seen I saw one. Uh, I was watching one show where they were supposed to be doing an exorcism of, of the place, and they brought someone in who was supposed to be an exorcist. Um, and I was looking at the rituals and the stuff he was he was doing, and having researched it a little bit, there was nothing I'd ever recognized in the established exorcism uh, in the procedures, whether it be the prayers or the symbols that they were using. So he was he was in that case he was more of a self proclaimed exorcist. So, who did they get in to do it? Were, were they successful? Not all exorcisms are successful, and very strong ones actually believe, uh, require that you do it multiple times to completely cleanse the area out. Yeah. And maybe they didn't have the right person or someone whose faith wasn't strong enough, their connection to God wasn't strong enough, and, you know, they quit after three or four when it would actually take a six or seven, big battles to try and finally root out all the evil and get rid of it.
0: Do you think it would come back stronger?
1: Uh, on, a, on a failed one, it comes back strong.
0: Even if but it uh, disappears for a little bit, it'll come back stronger?
1: It, it'll come back at least the same strength, if not stronger, but you, you have to do it over and over again. You have to repeat it. So often you have to repeat it, and you have to repeat it in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And then repeat it again and repeat it again. Sometimes slightly modify it because it comes back a slightly different way, but the basics stay the same and it's not like, oh, we did it. Oh, three months later, the place still has a bad vibe. Let's go back. You should probably be going back the next day and then the next day and then the next day yeah. until the place, is, the place is clear. Not uh, once in a while, get someone in there to, you know, it's kind of like sweeping a, You sweep the floor. The floor is going to get dirty again. You want to keep it clean. You sweep it every day. Yeah.
0: You're going
1: to have Sweep that place out until until it is clean uh, spiritually. Sweep it out, so to speak.
0: Do you think after an exercising, if the homeowner went into the house and either spoke or thought something like, "Are you still here?" You think that'd be enough to bring it back?
1: It might be enough to start to open that portal again. It might be enough to start to start to bring it back, or give a little opening, it can start weaseling its way back in.
0: That a, a pro, like a, a, someone going in and doing exorcism would, would, would give them a, a real a good one would give them the proper you know education on not to do things like that after the fact I assume yeah but you, can, you can't assume only assuming will make an ass out of you and me Ray you know that um, next up Lafayette Hotel in Marietta Ohio uh, Lafayette Hotel was actually built on the ruins of another hotel the Bellevue which burned out in 1916 that could carry some bad <laughs> karma um the Lafayette opened in eight, 1918 and was managed by a man named Reno G. Hoag he died in 1944 and passed the job down to his son S. Derward Hoag it wasn't until Durward passed on that the paranormal activity at the hotel began leading many to surmise that it is a, a, his ghost that haunts the third floor of the property Lights flicker and bulbs shatter on their own. The elevator behaves strangely and will often travel up to the roof on its own. As well as the ghost of Derwood, guests have noted a female apparition in Edwardian attire sitting in the Riverview Lounge. So it almost sounds like there's multiple ghosts at that place. Um, Derwood, you know, the thing with Derwood, I think maybe... The vibe I catch is, you know, uh, he felt like he maybe was letting the father down by dying and not having a kid to pass the business to. So I think in a way he feels like he has to stay there because he doesn't have a bloodline to continue. What do you think?
1: Uh, He's staying here to take care of the place, attached to it, an obligation to it, whether it's an obligation to the family or the place itself. Just uh, has, has to stay there. This place is under their care. Death is not going to stop that.
0: You think like a dying wish on, on the father's deathbed, he said, no matter what you do, keep this going. This is, this is our thing. This is our family. This is our legacy. And then that the son took that so, so much to heart that even when he died, he stayed there.
1: I think that that's a possibility. He threw himself into it so much and it could possibly be the father's uh, dying wish. But he threw himself so much into it that he became one with the place. Yeah, He, he became attached to it in such a way that um, he, as long as that building is standing, he's going to be there.
0: Yeah, I mean, to the right person, that responsibility would, would weigh very heavy. You know what I mean? Like, that would yeah. be the most important thing in their life was to make sure they kept that going. Next up, the Bisman building. We talk about Bisman? I don't know. No, we talk, It's it, no, we didn't. The Bisman Building in Mansfield, Ohio, built in 1886 by the same architect that designed the Ohio State Reformatory. It's a little wonder that its airy facade bears such a striking resemblance. It doesn't uh, just share its physical appearance with the reformatory, but it also shares a film appearance, too. Shawshank Redemption, perhaps one of the greatest movies of all time. A very nice movie. I like it. Um, But it's also in that, you know, it made its way into that film as well. It's where Brooks and Red stay after they were paroled from Shawshank. Not only has it made appearance in the film, but has also been a focus of numerous paranormal shows, including Ghost Asylum, Ghost Hunter, Tabs, to name a couple. Uh, Reports of paranormal here are rife with common and feeling of dread and sadness, particularly on the third floor. Um, now the th- the other building had a third floor situation too, and I know that three is an important thing in the spiritual world, right,
1: Ryan? Uh It is. Uh, if you if you're looking at the reformatory, that was simply huge. Yeah, I mean, and you also go into basement, uh, subterranean, and that was uh, solitary. Yeah. So if, if you're talking about a third floor in this place, uh, that. That you're talking about right now i'm curious to see what happens on that third floor
0: well oh, you're ready here we go many people report an overwhelming sensation of darkness when on this floor disembodied footsteps voices being po- being poked and pushed black shadows and dark figures caught in images are are, are some of the more common occurrences In past investigations, where where investigations have received audible responses to their questions, one particular piece of audio, um, they asked if they could speak to Ruthie. I don't know who Ruthie is, but a voice was caught saying, Is Ruthie here? So, I don't know. In In addition, people have witnessed the spirit of a woman throughout the upper floors, people in Victorian clothing, and sounds of people working. Maybe one of them was Ruthie. you know. What can you mm-hmm. do? You know what I means, but that's kind of uh, that's we're we're gonna we're gonna cut it there, ladies and gentlemen. All right, for Ohio, you know we don't we don't want to get too deep in there because Ray's over there. He doesn't have his tag team partner with him. He's over there alone. If they if they ever came, we gotta be quiet. If they ever came running for him. You know what I mean? But Ray's a strong man spiritually and physically. He can fend them all off. Ray, you want to say anything else about Ohio and their haunts?
1: Um, Besides the fact they've got quite a few. Oh, Good yeah.
0: We left yeah. some out, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I know that uh, I remember to drive out here and you were mentioning the different, um, the different towns or the cities that the haunts were in. Yeah. And I was thinking, yeah, I passed by that city, passed by that town, oh, see the sign for that one, that's in the town next to where I am. <laughs> that's, and it's kind of like, oh, I'm in a good area here. I mean, I, I can probably less than an hour away is, you know, five or six of those places from where I am. Yeah. To the south, let me say, I know to the southwest, north, I'm not sure about east. Uh, all all in an hour or less. So I'm at a place right in the middle of all of them. Yeah, and uh, I find that's an interesting. Once this uh, craziness gets over and more states start opening up and businesses open up, um, I would love to spend even more time uh, in this area, just going from one place to the other. I want a few days off to try and recover, process what happened. But yeah, just just go and compare all these different places, investigate them, see, research them and find out what's going on in Ohio.
0: Yeah, Ohio's the spot. So, with that being said, you know what I mean? We're going to uh, we're going to rack this one up. We're going to chalk it off. We're going to end it up. You know what I mean? So everybody out there listening, if you're interested in more Ohio hauntings, you know, check out the web. You know, it's up there. We left a few things out. We talked about a few of the really cool ones. There's some other cool ones out there. Um, and maybe we'll be g- gathering going over to Ohio in the future to do some more interactives. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll be doing that for y'all out there. So with that being said, we wish all of you a uh, fantastic evening uh, and a good morning all at once. Check out Mostly Ghostly's Facebook page. Best way to communicate with us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We have a, yeah, Boombastic Media. That's kind of our production company. They have a YouTube page. They also have a Facebook page if you want to pop into that. Um, but, uh, yeah, a bunch of other cool shows on the network. Pop in, check out. And uh, word. We also have a Boombastic Streaming on Patreon if anybody wants to get down and dirty with that. Um, but, yeah, another... Hot shot episode for y'all out there. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.